Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the wake-up call coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. It's Amy Ehlers here, the wake-up call coach, and I'm so excited for another session of the Mama Truth Show. And I have a gorgeous, brilliant, wise, um, fascinating guest for us today. You may know her as Alexis Neely, or perhaps you know her as Ali Shanti. And um, she, she honestly is, I always like to refer to her as a badass priestess who also happens to be a lawyer and an incredible coach and just a fascinating, wonderful human being. And today we're going to talk to you about mommy guilt and mommy shame and Alexis's um, incredible revelation, which I don't even know what the revelation was yet because I wanted to discover it here with all of you live on the Mama Truth Show. So I'm excited for us to dig in. Welcome, Allie, to the show. Thank you. It's so great to be here today. And yeah, this is actually the first time that I'm really sharing the details of this publicly. I shared a little bit about it on Facebook. And I said, you know, who wants to learn about this? And lots of yeah. people responded. And I've had no time to put together my own thing on it. And then wow. you invited me here. And I said, yes, this is perfect because you're serving all these mamas. And it's, it's such an important thing. Um, and uh, just, you know, I, I think my, my kids now are 13 and 16. Yeah. So I'm like on the other side of, of the journey. Yeah. And, you know, it's a whole different thing, by the way. Oh, my God. I can, you know, my, I mean, my big girl, Annabella, is graduating, just graduated third grade. Yeah. And so she's almost nine. And then I have my two-year-old, Evie Rose. And I, my sister actually has um, her oldest. So my, like the oldest child of my daughter's generation is a freshman, just graduating from freshman year of high school. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Like it's a whole new world. And so, I mean, I can only imagine what that's like. And I know there's lots of moms listening right now who are in that world. So tell us a little bit about that world, Allie, for those of us that aren't there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's this whole individuation process. Yeah. That uh, in my experience, when my kids were little, they, well, first of all, I was really young when I had them. I was... Yeah. Um, uh, 20, just about 26. So, you know, my turning 20, 26 and, and just about 30. Yeah. And I had not really done any personal development work back then. Um, I was a lawyer, very yeah. traditional lawyer. I was working in a big law firm and then started my own law practice. And I apologize, by the way, if my computer is still making, I know it's like, it's like we keep getting little knocks, Yeah, little knocks. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see if I can, um, uh, do not disturb that somehow. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, um, I really had no idea how to be present with yeah. my kids. That was the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. Was being present with my kids. Um, it's biting me in the ass now, by the way, that I didn't learn it then. Um, I just have to wait. I just have to have all of us just take a deep breath on that one because I just, I, I like, I, I mean, I think it's a struggle for all of us. I think it's a struggle for all of us to just be present in general. 
and the, you know, and, and I, we live in a society where it, everything is, it, we're constantly barraged with things like you're literally right now you're on this interview and there's like little knocking trying to get your attention. Right. I mean, it's such a perfect metaphor and example of how it is in this world right now. Right. So it's like, oh my God, we, so we have these it, trying to be present and in the moment in general is so hard. And I know with my children, especially when what they're talking about, I'm not frankly that interested in. We're going to talk about that on the next Truth show, just kind of how boring it can sometimes be because I'm not like, you know, after the 17th time a fire truck has gone by, you know, and Evie's like, fire truck, fire truck. I'm like, and I'm a little bored of this conversation about fire trucks. So I can only imagine how that comes into play in the older years and in the teen years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I remember back when, and again, I was in the, you know, the most active phase of building my businesses. I'd never been a business owner before. I was learning how to be a business owner. Uh, I was getting divorced. Um, you know, that just, it was, you know, an intense time of life. And, and I was embarking also on my own journey of becoming a woman. Yeah. And so... I remember that sometimes I would hang out with them when I would be with them and it would be just me and I would get this intense feeling of just complete exhaustion. And I didn't know at the time what it was. I realized now it was like my emotions um, were coming up and I didn't know how to feel them and be with them. Yeah. And, you know, my mom, I remember back uh, when I was a, a kid and my mom would scream at us. And my mom is like really a very nice woman. <laughs> she really is. Yeah. I've done a lot of forgiveness work. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's a super nice human being. But when I put myself in her shoes, I get it. Yeah. Because not, you know, I, I guess I had done enough personal development work at that point to be able to push down the emotions right. so that I didn't scream at my kids. So that's evolution. Right. And that's how this whole guilt and shame thing ties in, by the way, is like we are in the midst, we have to remember, we are in the midst of an evolutionary process. Mm. We are evolving. Our children are the evolution of us. We are the evolution of our parents. Yeah. And we can use and see our guilt and shame as a huge opportunity to take full responsibility for healing the core generational wounds that are passed on unconsciously through the generations and they've landed here in us. And if we don't deal with them here, they will end up in our kids through this guilt shame cycle, which I'll talk about uh, in a minute more in depth. But to go back to my mom, so my mom would like, First of all, she was really under-resourced. She married a guy who she thought was going to take care of her um, financially and emotionally, and he was totally not available for that. He was like mm. the ultimate unavailable guy. Mm. He was really cute. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad boy, right? She married yeah. the bad boy. Okay, got it. And, um, you know, no surprise how I ultimately got like this. I suppressed all this for a really long time. <laughs> my parents were my parents. And, uh, for, for those of you listening to the audio, if you could see Allie in her gorgeous feathers in her hair and like her beautiful mosaic background, you know, it's like, hello, Allie. I can yeah. imagine you, like whenever I see the, that really old headshot of you in like the corporate suit with the perfect hair, I'm just like, 
Who was that person? That's not the alley that I know. Oh my God. Who was that person? That was yeah. Alexis Martin Neely. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and um, so, you know, so my, and, and by the way, you know, Alexis Martin Neely was the rebellion in some ways to my, to my parents. Really? Right? So all part of the evolution. Yeah. And so when I look back at the reality of my mom's life, she was the same age that I was when I had my kids. Um, she, of course, had no personal development work, very little awareness, so that when the emotions came up, they went, you know, and she just would scream. Right, right, right. And so I, as the evolution of her, did not allow them to come up, but instead they would be in me and I couldn't be present with them. So I would get this like exhaustion, like this, just like, I'm going to die feeling, yeah. oh my God, it was just so heavy and uh, uh, it's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So fast forward 10 years, you know, that was, let's say they're three and six when they were little. Fast forward 10 years, now they're 13 and they're 16. But, you know, let's even go back a couple years. Uh, let's actually go back five years um, when they were eight and 11. And up until that point, I was a serious workaholic. So the way that I would deal with the emotions is I would go to what I was really good at, what was really easy for me. I mean, not necessarily easy, but certainly a lot easier emotionally, which was work. <laughs> really yeah. Building businesses, built all, took all that emotion and built these million dollar businesses. Yeah. And worked all the time. And um, around 2010, um, 2000, late 2009, I had a wake up call and I uh, began to see that the life that I had created and, you know, all the success and the house by the beach and the fancy cars and all, you know, all the stuff was a lie. And mm -hmm. this part of me was desperately wanting to come out, but I didn't even know this part of me at that time. And I moved to Colorado and I deconstructed everything and I let Allie come out and I moved to the farm, which, you know, is when we were working together in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I um, spent a year living at this farm, being present with my kids, driving them to and from school, doing their laundry, cooking, playing cards, reconnecting with them. Because I'd always said to myself that by the time they got to those ages, that I would stop. And so I did. Mm. And so I, I spent that year with them. And, I, and by the way, thank God for that year, because had it not been for that year, I wouldn't have the foundation with them that I have now that got me through some really challenging times, which I'll, I'll share about. Um, so I had that year and then began to reemerge into the world um, in 2012. And, but did it in, an, in a different way than I had before. Not the same kind of workaholism, much more um, uh, time, to create relationships and to be in relationship, a stronger desire to be in relationship and connection. And then my daughter turned 14. Mm -hmm. And um, all of a sudden, um, it was again like this another wake up call that like she's starting to get in trouble. Mm. And it really, it really hit me upside the head 
yeah. when um, we came back from Mexico, we had been in Mexico for New Year's, I think two years ago now, um, and or a year and a half ago. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm out for a walk, and my nanny at the time and my kid's dad, who off and on has lived with us for the past 10 years, even though we've been divorced for 10 years, um, call me on the phone, and they're like, get home, get home, there's an ambulance here. And um, Kaya's in the back of the ambulance. And yeah, it was really, and she's actually sitting there and she's like giving me this face. And I'm like, (laughs) so it turns out she had taken some Xanax and um, texted a friend jokingly, possibly, I think I'm dying. The friend thought it was serious. Yeah. Please come to our house because maybe yeah. some of those things. Yeah. And, uh, thank God that all happened because then I had never looked in her room before for anything. And right. I had all sorts of drug paraphernalia in her room. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, so I go through this whole um, experience of... It, it was a couple of, it was like a couple of months after that of like, what are we going to do? I, I don't believe in punishment. Um, I don't think that's the path. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly she needed understanding. She needed support. I was scared. Um, I decided at one point that I would send her away to a wilderness therapy training. That was going to be $40,000. Wow. Yeah. It was super intense. <laughs> And the night before she was scheduled to go, I'd gotten her to agree to go. Because, you know, many of these wilderness therapy trainings, they, um, like, kidnap the kids out of the bed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) They, um, uh, I got her to agree to go if she would be able to make it back for cheer camp. It was a whole thing, a whole negotiation. Then the night before she's about to go, we're laying there together. And by the way, I had been traveling a lot up until mm-hmm. that time. Um, I would be gone about a week a month. Mm-hmm. This travel, various events. Right. You know, um, you know I, my businesses are online, and so there's lots of networking that happens in various places. And, and you know, I figured, well, she has a dad. You know, they have a dad. Right. Felt like it should be okay, even though I did feel guilt. I felt guilt about it. But um, uh, when this happened, it was like, okay, I'm not traveling anywhere without her. Yeah. And, um, but then I was going to send her away. And there was this feeling of like this relief because then at least she's going to be away. Right. Somebody else is taking care of it. Somebody else can take care of it. Yeah. 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 And at the same time that this was happening, by the way, I had had CEOs in both of my companies for about a year and a half. Mm. And at the exact same time this is happening, both of the CEO situations are not working out and I'm being called to step back in as CEO of my companies. Wow. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Come on. Can I get the Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So, um, it gets worse though, because the night before she's about to go, she looks at me and she says, mom, I can't go tomorrow. I'm like, okay, why? She said, my friend Ellie's mom just sent her to the same place. And it's, Ellie had actually run away to our house and I had told Ellie's mom about the program. 
And Ellie's mom called the program and immediately sent Ellie there before yeah. I could play there. And they couldn't both be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, it actually, Ellie needed to go. So yeah. I was glad that she went. But all I could do, uh, the next day, I was just hysterically crying all day because sure. what, what was I going to do now? Like, yeah. What? Like, it was just like this. That was the feeling of like, (gasps) right? So as I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, God, what am I going to do? Clear message from spirit that says, you're her mother. You have the tools. What you're going to do is you're going to mother her. This is here for you. This is not, you know, sending her away wasn't the answer. Yeah. So I did. I did. I mothered her. And what that meant was something different than what I thought it meant. Mm. You know, the traditional mainstream or whatever might tell us that mothering our children means controlling them. Right. Right. Oh, there's such a collapsement. And it does not. (laughs) No. Mothering our children means being present with what's true. Yeah. And what started to come up is what's true is this was the time of her life to individuate and to start partying with her friends. Mm-hmm. I did it at her age. You know, I yeah. started smoking pot and cigarettes at 14. Yeah. And I started going out. And I remember how pissed I was because my mom was a freaking hypocrite. Because when she found pot in my purse, she was like going through the house like, oh, my God, oh, my God. How could my daughter be doing this? Meanwhile, where did I get the pot? Right out of her drawer. Oh. <laughs> so it was like, in my mind, it was like, oh my God, my mom's such a hypocrite. I'm never going to be a hypocrite like that. Right. I know, right? <laughs> but then, you know, here it is, my own daughter yeah. is doing the exact same things that I did. And I remember being her age and being sure I was fine. Right. This is what kids do. So I began to have to look at And this is where the guilt and shame comes in. I began to have to look at the reality of, okay, if I think that what she's doing is wrong, what about what I'm doing? Yeah. I party. I smoke pot. I do drugs sometimes. And um, so, like, what do I actually think is okay? Yeah. And I had to face my own personal shame and take, and this is, this is the big, the big learning and I'll show it to you in another context as well with my son where it's a totally different situation. I had to come back to me. Yeah. This is not about her doing something wrong. She's in fact doing everything just right to bring me the things that I need to take responsibility for in myself. And I believe that what most parents do and what I wanted to do. Yeah. Fix her. Fix her. It's not about fixing her. It's about being with yourself. It's about being with the shame that you are feeling to have a broken child in some way, right? They're they're broken in some way. They're doing drugs or they're hurting themselves or in my son's case, they're playing too many many video games. Um, And when they're little, it's different things. You know, they're crying too much or they're hitting other kids or they're biting other kids. And it is like, it's not about fixing them. They are being perfect evolutionary beings to show you exactly where the place is within yourself that 
guts that is here for you to be with, for here to, for me to be with. So I had to face the reality of what am I actually okay with when it comes to smoking pot? What am I actually okay with when it comes to, you know, doing drugs in general? Which drugs am I okay with? And, yeah. and, and, and how am I hot trying to hide that? Not only from her, but from myself. Right. They, and so, and not only hide the actual doing of the things, but like the feelings, the shame. Yeah. So, so that, that was a huge thing. Um, I can definitely say that since then I party less, <laughs> a lot less. <laughs> like, yeah. Way more intentional. Um, and yeah, you know, I still smoke pot on occasion. I don't hide it anymore. And the cool thing is I don't even hide it from her. Mm -hmm. I don't hide it from my kids. It's like, there's no longer this need to like keep secrets. If I'm going to do something, anything, I'm going to do it without shame because I do not want to pass on the core generational wound of this shame thing that we are doing things that we have to hide or keep secret or bad or wrong, which is a story that I can see has been passed on through my lineage of I'm going to get in trouble yeah, or I'm wrong. What I'm doing is wrong. And I'm healing that by addressing it here, not by trying to make her the perfect child, but by being with that feeling in me, feeling it all the way through, grateful that she's giving me the opportunity to feel it and doing the work here. So all it's doing is it's pointing back to me where I get to do the internal work to come into alignment in myself, come into congruence in myself. So the shame, the mom shame, the mom guilt, it's, a, it's really a gift. Don't try to fix your kids. Fix yourself. So now we have, she and I have a great relationship. Um, and she is actually going to New York this summer for nine weeks. She's 16. Wow. Um, going to be there for nine weeks, not for wilderness therapy, but for the hip hop dance conservatory, which is way more fun. <laughs> she's going to be staying there with a woman in her twenties and like doing it. And yeah. I completely 100% trust her because now we've built that trust relationship. Whereas before I remember like, as I was trying to get her to talk to me about things, she's like, couldn't talk about anything, couldn't feel anything, couldn't, wouldn't communicate anything. She was so shut down. She was so angry. She didn't understand her anger. And um, she, she was hurting herself in various ways. Mm -hmm. and, and because she didn't know how to be with the feelings. Why? Because I didn't know how to be with the feelings. Yeah. And so once I started being with the feelings, and then I could be with her without trying to fix her, just be with her, she started to open up. And today she cries, she communicates. She doesn't always 100% tell me the truth, but mostly. Yeah. And she knows that there's space to tell the truth. She's gotten in plenty of trouble. And each time she's gotten in trouble, like I've showed up for her and I've not judged her or blamed her or made her wrong. I've helped her to learn the lessons yeah. and I have not saved her either. You know, like right. she's, she's on probation. She stole something. She's on probation. So. Yeah. Oh, great. That's yeah. the consequence. So, you know, I'm thinking real quickly about the, the swimmer who raped the girl. That's Ugh, I know. And like his parents thought he was like trying to save him by, by making him not wrong rather than helping him to see that what he did was wrong yeah. and still love him and 
here's how he can make it right because there is a way to make it right. Yeah. There is a way to make it right. Of course, not the way that they did it. Yeah. Um, and so with her, I'm constantly teaching her that her, her mistakes are okay. I don't have to shame her for her mistakes because I don't feel shame for them. I, I, I guide her to see where the mistake was made, what the lesson is, and how to make amends, which is the most important thing that we could do in the evolutionary process. So I'll just transition this over to my son and where it's coming up with my son and, and, yeah. and where I saw it at another level. So he's, he's 13 and he plays a lot of video games. Like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing as a mom who's entrepreneurial and like, I'm such a go getter to have a son who like, it feels like he's wasting his life, you know, yeah. and I can make him wrong. And I can like try and fix him and I could try and get him to stop playing video games and be like, you're bad and wrong for doing this, which is the natural inclination. I'll tell yeah. you, it's in me. Yeah. Or I can recognize that I feel shame that my son is playing video games all this time. And actually that's not his. For him, playing video games is like the exact right thing to do. If I could have been playing video games all day, every day at his age, I would have been too, but we didn't have all the good video games that they have. And he's, freaking bored he's bored and you know so it's great if I decide that I want to take him out of the country and do really cool things with him he won't be bored and he won't play video games right so then as I'm building my companies and I'm here he's gonna be playing a lot of video games and I need to deal with the shame here what is it pointing to oh it's pointing to this place where I feel like a bad mom but that I and then I'm going to project that out because everything we see outside of ourselves is a reflection of our own internal consciousness. Yeah. So where I feel like a bad mom gets projected out. I'm going to see it reflected back by this person, by that person, right? Everywhere. So the only way to deal with it is not to fix him, not to make him wrong, but actually to do the work here, to feel the shame, to feel the feelings that feel bad and not numb them, not avoid them, not try to push them down. Because what happens when I do that is they just come out as anger, you know? So to really be with those feelings and, and heal them here, forgive myself, love myself, like fully feel the pain of it, and, and then make space for what comes through. And what comes through when I do that is a couple things. One, you know, in the new world that our kids are going to be in, I think that the video game world is actually really important. And then knowing how to navigate that world is, mm. I, think, I think within the next 10 years, uh, a lot of us might be living in permanent virtual reality type scenarios. I think traveling the way we do now isn't going to be the same because of our use of fossil fuels and the, the you know limitations on fossil fuels. Many people, most people maybe, won't be able to travel to the places, mm. but they'll be able to experience them through virtual reality. And so, you know, I think it's, I think it's part of the evolution and, um, and I want to take him places, you know, I know that if I'm here, it's, I'm going to be on my computer working. It's just my nature. Um, yeah. and I don't like to do a lot of the things that he likes to do. Right. So like, you know, he wants to go see movies. I don't, I don't like at all. Or, you know, he just the things that he likes to do are just not the things I like to do. But if we go traveling together, we like to eat at restaurants. We like to go to see shows. So we're taking him to New York next week. And, and it's like that, that's the clarity that came through when I just was and sat with my shame. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm not actually 
going to not be on my computer when I'm at home. It's not going to be the case. So I can either beat myself up and do it anyway, or I can say, okay, well, what does want to happen? Oh, I want to, I want to take him. I want to travel with him. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, you know, what this big aha has been about for me. And then I'm seeing it just how it exists all the way up the, the generational lines back with our parents and our children. What I'm recognizing is that for those of us that are parents of teenagers and younger, it's our job to heal the core wounds in ourselves, not expect our, our kids to do it. And for the millennials, um, it's the millennials' job to heal the core wound up with their parents. Mm. Um, a lot of the millennials have a much greater capacity to feel than the baby boomer generation does. The baby boomer generation is you know, still kind of emotionally shut down. Um, and so um, it has also, by the way, I'm not in the millennial generation. I'm, I think, Gen X or something. But, you know, healing with my mom has happened because I have done my own healing work here. And I can tell you that the biggest transformational moment in my life came when I felt my mom's full 100% acceptance and trust of me. <laughs> Far none. That changed my life more than any moment, any other workshops for everything I've done. My mom accepting and trusting me 100% fully was the transformational moment. And we can give that to our children. You can give that to your child right now, that full acceptance and trust when you stop projecting your guilt and shame onto that child and own your own insecurity, own your own uh, limitations here rather than continuing to, you know, kind of force your child to take that on because you haven't done your own work. Wow, Ali. I mean, it feels like, um, just for all the moms listening right now, I know that like for me, listening to your story, listening to your revelations, but I just kept thinking of like, what are those wounds that are mine to heal? And what are the things that I can see have been passed down from generation to generation to generation yeah. in my own family and are now landing on my lap and landing on my daughter's laps? Yes. And, and what are those things that I am ready to say no more to? I am ready to heal so that my grandchildren's grandchildrens are not dealing with that same core wound or that same BS that, you know, whatever it may be. And yeah. so I just really want to, I hope that this interview today, this Mama Truth show today has inspired all of you to investigate that, to get curious. And in those moments, what I've, what I've really heard you say, Ali, is like in those moments where you feel embarrassed by your child, you feel triggered by your child, whether it's your two-year-old just bit someone or your, you know, nine-year-old just, just became a mean girl in fourth grade or whatever, or your, you know, 16-year-old, you just found drugs in their room. No matter what that thing is, to actually allow that to be a moment of awakening for you as a soul, as a human being, and then starting to investigate and go internal into what, what is this here to teach you? What is yours here? And, and then creating that safe place of acceptance for your children yep. so that they can have that safe area and that landing place, that, that harbor to be safe in and to explore what's happening for them. Yes. That, that um, I just got chills as, as, as we said that because it's just like that in and of itself is 
what I consider our biggest quest as mamas. And to allow that authentic spirit to rise within our children and to not allow our shame and our guilt to cloud them becoming who they're born to be. So they already are. They, they already are. are. Yeah, okay. recognize. They, they're the evolution of you. Mm. And rejecting mm. them isn't the answer. Accepting them fully and accepting yourself and the parts of yourself that are in shadow, that they're yeah. showing you so beautifully. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> is is the answer. And uh, Amy, I want to just thank you so much for letting me share this here because I have not shared this anywhere else. Um, this is like this is serious, like behind the scenes of the life of a mama CEO. Um, and so many moms are dealing with it alone. They don't have resources, yeah. and it is so oftentimes so shameful and so embarrassing and so scary that they don't know where to go. And so right. I'm so grateful that you've created this um, platform for Mama Truth. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I just, I wanted just to give out your website addresses as well, moneymap.tv and eyeswideopenlife.com. I'm going to put those in the show notes as well, because I know there's going to be a lot of you that are listening that are going to want to be like, what is that alley? up to. Um, so you definitely want to check that out. And I feel like usually I ask the guests like what's messy and what's magical and motherhood, but I feel like you spent the whole show sharing with us the messy and the magical. So we've covered it. Yeah. So thank you so much, Alexis. Yeah. I, you know, I just adore you. I think you're an amazing human being and I appreciate you being on the show. Oh, but I love you so much. Love you until next time, mamas embrace the messiness and magic of motherhood. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms, Seven Steps to Nurturing Yourself So You Can Be the Mom You Were Born to Be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama True Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. <laughs>